first of all, let me get this stuff with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. They took very good care of him. They were very gentle. He was very obnoxious. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. A new week pregnant with possibilities. This could be the best week of your life. Or this could be the week where it all comes apart. Whole thing comes crashing down. Wife, husband leaves you. You get fired. That all could happen this week. Or you get that promotion. You win the lottery. Wow. All the possibilities in front of us this week. Are you bringing us both the yin and the yang? Just say it. It's all on the line this week. Whoa. Live from Studio C. She's a your. Hey, dimly lit room deep within the bowels. The Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today... We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Yeah, the Wintry Olympics. Long may they slide and ski and skate and jump about and flip and land in the snow. It was enjoyable while it lasted. Okay, I'm about to... Uh, remember when we used to call this the Dower Hour? Yes, and then somebody <laughs> said it's pronounced Dour, so we began calling it the Dour. The Dower <laughs> Hour, because uh, we would often... <laughs> Wax uh, melancholy during the six o'clock hour, and I'm, I'm about to start for the first time. As I was watching a little of the Olympics last night, and then a little of the real news, like 60 Minutes, Russia being punished for cheating in the Olympics. Putin, on the other hand, doing absolutely whatever he wants on the world stage, slaughtering people in Syria so that he can have his uh, his foothold there. I, while, I think you misunderstand. There's a ceasefire. <laughs> While nobody does anything about it. And over on the Olympics, you, sw- you see that on CBS. You switch back over to NBC, and they're talking about the, the Olympic team, of course, uh, who was punished by bloody blah and had to suffer the consequences. You switch back to 60 Minutes, where he gets to do whatever he wants, be part of gassing children or whatever. You think Putin's really hurt by the world rising up and punishing his Olympic athletes whilst they do nothing about the real game, which is world domination? That's, that's quite the contrast, I thought. Anywho, that is a tandoor. The Dower Hour. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm doing okay. I'm a little sad the Olympics are gone, so I'll go back to my usual programming. Reruns of This Old House with Bob Vila and also Bob Ross's oil painting from years ago. <laughs> Fantastic. For somehow... Your pine trees are really coming along, Michael. <laughs> For some reason, my my wife, I almost... It looked like lettuce, I remember, when you started, but now they're clearly trees, yes? My yeah. wife, at some point, uh, set the DVR to record Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I keep I keep forgetting to go in, I keep forgetting to go in and find the timer, because you got to press, like, 90 buttons to get there, 
uh, and get rid of that. But so, Why like, would you want to do that? Once a week. Yeah. Once <laughs> a week, show. I delete like 60 episodes wow. of the Fresh Prince wow. of Del- yeah. Bel Air because it's on all the time. Wow, she went with uh, Record All. Fantastic. I, well, it's not like you can record new episodes, I guess. <laughs> right. Because tragically, they're not making it anymore. You get to see Uncle Phil throw out Jazzy Jeff, you know, either the front or the back door, Carlton doing his dance. It's a great show. <laughs> Why is the DVR full again? Oh, that's right. We have 80 episodes of Fresh Prince on there. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and I was delighted to realize that I uh, was not going deaf in one of my ears. It was simply a headphone thing where one of the uh, one of the the muffs is a little bit quieter than the other ones. At first, I thought, "Is do I got something lodged in my ear? Do I got some wax buildup?" But no, it happens. I just uh, I flipped it around and I figured, "Oh, okay, no, it's just one of the uh, the headphone." canisters is actually malfunctioning i had a friend once who was uh, having a little ear pain and went to the doctor and oh, the doctor, here we go the doctor looked in there and said you have a cake decoration in there <laughs> i thought it was going to be spiders folks i got to admit he fooled me didn't you michael <laughs> Do you have idea i just spiders. assumed it would be spiders Do you have yes. any idea how you ended up with a cake decoration in there no <laughs> Must have been quite a party. He, he was no kidding. What <laughs> what sort of cake decoration? Like uh, one of those little like balls, yeah. those tiny little balls, or yeah. a candle? <laughs> <laughs> the groom. <laughs> you have the groom groom in your ear. <laughs> I Marshall. cannot hear a thing. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. Are you Marshall? I couldn't resist. I made another dump and casino run this weekend, and the gambling gods were not with me. Oh. Oh. Well, I'm not bringing home the bacon today. In fact, I may have to borrow bacon, guys. <laughs> Ouch. So when you lose, do you assume that you were wearing the wrong shoes or uh, wrong time of day or something like that? You know, when I went in, I, I should have just got into the casino, looked around, and then just walked right back out. It was a Sunday morning, hmm. about 7 a.m. Well, and, you know, that's about the time churches open up. Yeah. If you want to do that instead. And uh, Just in was, case you're curious, I've seen the data. There is no correlation between being in a casino Sunday <laughs> at 7 a.m. and being a problem gambler. So if, the, if you're worried about that, don't. It was it was grim. I mean, it was smoky. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was having any fun. It yeah. was grim. Yeah. Where were those pretty girls from the billboards? They Ex- weren't there having fun, <laughs> throwing exactly. their heads back and laughing? Exactly. Just with their handsome, handsome boyfriends? Yeah. Halls littered with attractive people in gigantic novelty checks just walking through. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So let this be a lesson to you, kids. It's not all the big laughs and winning. Now nah, there's a grim side to it all. Oh. So that was Sunday. Uh, wow. There, yeah, there's the retread rock acts, too, <laughs> yeah. playing the parking lot. Right. So there's more to it than that. Oh, boy. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Already Get to Be Monday? February 26th, the year 2018, setting you straight in 21.8. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, here's the beginning of the show now officially. Here we go, according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. Oh, no, it's not play. Where's the... They're all good, but that 13-year-old can flat-out play. There you go! <laughs> Little 13-year-old guitar player. Getting all the attention there at the Olympics. They're all good, but that 13-year-old can flat-out play. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, That was a well, moment on the stage. I don't like it on YouTube. I don't like it on my uh, Olympics. Some uh, youngster who's a better musician than me, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants that? <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Um, that it somehow takes away from your happiness. It does! The fact that that 13-year-old... Turn it off, honey! Turn it off! <laughs> Why? I'm enjoying it. Turn it off! What are those other headlines? Marshall Phillips. School shootings top of mind at the White House amid calls for investigations and resignations. 
surprising rejection for a senior West Coast Democratic leader came down over the weekend. Nobody's listening to a word you're saying. Because we're all listening to the gambler in the background. (laughs) And the Winter Olympics rack up with song, dance, Pandatron, and possible Sean's final Olympic medal meltdown. Coming up 635, Armstrong and Getty. There's a little Korean boy playing guitar on this track, too. You ever listen to The Gambler by Kenny Rogers? There is some good advice there. You gotta know when to hold them. And what, Marshall? When to fold them. Oh, my. When to walk away. I am going to leave Walk of shame. <laughs> so people who go to the casino on a Sunday morning, not a uh, fun crowd. Heads hung low, cigarette dangling out of the corner of their mouth, squinting. The one-armed bandit as it does its evil work. Their only friend. Oh, wow. That's How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's good. Insightful. Got uh, fags weighing in from the Philippines, among other places. Cool. No way to fold them. That's the, that's the line. No way to walk away. Sing it, everybody. No way to run. The key again. Now get some plastic surgery, everybody. The key, the key is the walking away. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. When the Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We get stuff we both know and we don't talk too much about it. So USA Today asked people, what are the chances of tighter gun control laws passing Congress in the foreseeable future? When uh, most people are saying uh, there's more momentum toward that than anybody can remember in decades and decades and decades. 76% doubt Congress will act. That's amazing. So even with this moment going on, three out of four people think, nah, I don't think anything will happen. Mm. Hmm. wonder what that says. Mm. Mailbag. Sorry, I didn't go through all of this that I wanted to get in, putting it in order. Here we go. Everybody in my house has the flu. Oh, no. Oh, no. They are not eased. They are diseased. That's right. That's right. Dang it. That sucks. Like the, the, the influenza, huh? The one that really knocks you out. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody on in beds or on the couch the entire weekend with me bringing them liquids and medicine. Wow. Wow. It's quite the weekend. Wow. Yikes. And you standing alone because among them, like a giant among I, because people. Because I try harder. Oh boy! Oh, oh, oh. I just oh. grit my teeth and say, "Uh-uh, flu, you ain't gonna get me." Wow. And look at me, I'm fine. Wow! Is that what you learned in medical school? Yeah. Geez, you gotta just try harder. Right. It's about character, really. Yeah. Will. So. uh... Will. 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 Would you say that? Your weekend was a triumph of the will? Probably was, yes. <laughs> Google it. Uh, let's see. Here's a nice note from Aloha Al in beautiful Hawaii. 
who first makes a wonderful, wonderful witticism about the school shooting. I too soon, Al. Oh, geez, yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants that. Yeah, no, no, not really. Nobody wants. I that. mean, it was more it, it was indirectly, but it's still too soon. Um. As for the new slogan, I do like the conscience of the nation. I don't understand the two thes being a problem when you had two thes in the voice of the West. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It just sounds different. It's not about counting thes. It sounds different. Also, conscience of our nation is not a good idea when you consider the acronym. See, who cares? God, you're all right, Al. You're you're. You know what? Two day suspension. Two day suspension. Although he does have an excellent idea for you, Jack. Um, to go along with my Jew Jitsu, uh, which is uh, martial arts for Jews, um, how about uh, Jack's Yo Yo Yoga to mm. tie in your mm-hmm. your hit catchphrase and of course the popular Indian stretching uh, regimen. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of internationalism, nice note here from Sherwin. Jack, Joe, I'm Sherwin. I'm Filipino. Been a fag for about ten years since I was working in the well in San Francisco. And now that I'm here in the beautiful island of Cebu, I looked up how to pronounce it because mm. I'm sensitive. Mm. Beautiful island of Cebu with our beautiful Fabu. beaches. and uh, Fabu? <laughs> Cebu is Fabu. Mm. We hear that again? Fabu. Mm. Beautiful beaches and warm people located at the center of the Philippines. I always made it a point to listen to your program through your podcast. Uh, it reminds me of the Bay Area. Your show is listened to worldwide Et cetera, et cetera. As, Sebo- as Sebastian Gorka would say, greetings from the Philippines. Regards to Marshall and the whole crew. That's from Sherwin. Thanks, Sherwin. Nice to hear from you, brother. My wife just rolled over and gave in to the flu. Let her take over her body. <laughs> Me, mm. I fought it off with my willpower. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Evidently, uh, she's been struck deaf as well because you're confidently saying these things that could result in your premature death. She went to urgent care yesterday. She has the flu. Pneumonia. Oh, Lord. And a sinus infection all at the same time. That's horrendous. Yeah, she's the sickest she's ever been in her life. Is she all right? Are there there friends and neighbors about? Should you go home? She's uh, what? The modifamilius is. I hope hope the new medicine or the medicine works. I've been trying to get her to go for days. Ah. You got to go. You're really, really, really sick. Ah. I don't have time. Oh, boy. Yeah, she is sick, sick. Because mm. she didn't try hard enough. Oh, boy. Moving along. On a uh, darker note, Ben the Libertarian points out the whole arming the teachers, administrators, etc. If more government bureaucrats are given weapons, given weapons, then the solution to liability is also in giving them qualified immunity, like the current armed government bureaucrats are given. Uh, so there is st- already a framework in place for police. That would just extend to, you know, the other government employees who are armed. I've been going back and forth on this on the, um, how about we fix the things that went wrong first before we decide to change anything? Sometimes I think that. Because a whole bunch of things went wrong that if they were just done the way they're supposed to do. Pathetically, stupidly wrong. Not a little wrong. Yeah. Right. FBI, Sheriff Department, mental health people, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. If we'd just done that the way we're supposed to do it, this would have never happened. Yeah. Then sometimes I think, well... Clearly, you can't count on people to do what they're supposed to do, so you have to protect yourself. Right. Yeah. So I go back and forth on that. Yeah, it is It is a difficult one. It is. Uh, you have to examine a lot of your beliefs and premises and figure out how accurate they are. For instance, that the authorities are doing what the authorities are supposed to be doing. God dang it. Like, 
law enforcement showing up and doing anything. Like the FBI oh. passing along any information if they get it. Speaking of which, Coward County Sheriff Scott Israel doing saying some astonishing things over the weekend. Oh, man, are they screwed up. We'll get to that. Uh, Ben's PS is also quite good. I believe parents are, con- if parents, I'm sorry. It's actually quite well written, if only I were literate. <laughs> I'll believe parents are concerned for the safety of their children going to the current monopoly school system as they currently operate when they stop sending them there. Well, that's uh, overly stated, Ben, and uh, stated as a non-parent. I believe you are a non-parent. That is a cold and unfeeling and somewhat stupid thing to say. However, your greater point that the government-run school system, which is a monopoly, which I think was was a Bastiat or one of the great thinkers of uh, the post-Enlightenment era, uh, said of all uh, monopolies, the worst is education. Hmm. Yeah. And I get that because it's a monopoly on on information and learning and 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 children's uh, development. It's a horrifying thing to have a monopoly on. We sure throw a lot of money at it, right? I would much rather have a monopoly on on oil or something like that than 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 thinking. Could Ivanka Trump have looked more adorable in her USA stocking cap? She looks like a, a, an anime drawing. She looks like one of those impossibly virgin whorish Japanese cartoons that are so popular. Wow. It's just bizarre. Of course she's the uh, the product of a careful breeding program between New York billionaires and supermodels. <laughs> European <laughs> supermodels. And that's what you end up with which is, you know, pretty right. pretty impressive. Right. Dr. Joe in L.A. has been listening to four hours of our show every day for close to a year. Wow. That's, thanks, Dr. Joe. Are you like a, uh, a physician or, or like is that your nickname because you're like really good at DJing? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. He doesn't make it clear. <laughs> Either uh, 10 years in medical school or he can mix a couple of songs together. Right. Yeah. yeah the beats are just the same. And is it amazing? How do you do it? Uh, let's see. Uh, for the past year, I've been afflicted by an irrational desire to have an email read during mailbag. I've tried a couple of times, but realized I have a problem. I'm just not very funny. Mm. Well, there's also insightful or informative or, you know, maybe you're none of those things. But Inter- I'm, interesting at all. Yeah, at all. Interest- well, I'm reading Taking your email Taking shots now. at the support staff seems to get emails read. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dr. Joe, uh, who perhaps is called that because he's got a nice hook shot down at the uh, the playground courts. I don't know, but he calls himself Dr. Joe. Here's another opportunity for me to seize. This past week, no one could figure out what the meaning of every little bitch whelps. Right. Listening to you and Jack, guessing at what it could mean, it occurred to me there's no hidden meaning at all. It's merely a play on every little bit helps. It's a simple oral homophonic pun. Mm. You're a homophone! <laughs> Similar to Imagine World Peas of bumper sticker fame. Okay, That's a pretty solid theory, Dr. Joe. Well, I don't want to go to the kind of party where that's the, that's the humor. Oh, I do. Hey, Jack, come in. Hey, do that thing again. He, no, he didn't hear it. Jack does a wonderful Noel Coward. Jack, would you grace us, please? That would be wonderful. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, oh, uh, I was thrilled to hear your discussion about the U.S. debt and deficit and how they're being ignored by both political parties. There seems to be no chance of it not ending in a catastrophe someday. I read the novel The Mandibles by Lionel Shriver. Uh, blah, blah, blah. She was on Mark Stein's show. It's a realistic depiction of what could happen if the dollar lost all value. Things get pretty bad, but there is no cannibalism. Well, that's her theory, sir. I'll look into that. The mandibles? Yeah. 
And you know what? I'm an idiot. I forgot the weekly shower thoughts. We have those. They're very amusing and thought-provoking. We'll get to them eventually. Marshall's News next. A lot of good stuff today on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Households are now cell phone only. Landlines down below uh, 50%, at 43% now. That's got to have had a real effect on somebody's bottom line, doesn't it? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Which is why the companies that have made their living on uh, landlines and home phones have been branching out so aggressively. Yeah. They saw it coming. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, parents and students were allowed to return to their Florida high school for the first time since the Valentine's Day shooting. That was on Sunday. It was a chance to revisit the campus without the pressure of classes. Those classes are going to be uh, resuming on Wednesday, though, and this parent's not really comfortable with that move. I am very uncomfortable the way this is being handled. You're, and you're considering not I am considering kids. not sending my kids back to school unless I feel that this is a safe environment for my children and the rest of the children. Meanwhile, Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel says he's not going to resign. In a letter to the Florida Governor uh, Rick Scott, a state representative, Bill Hager, called on Israel to step down over neglect of duty and incompetence over how he's been handling the investigation into the shooting rampage at the high school. Israel was on CNN, says he's not resigning. And when Jake Tapper pressed the sheriff about missed warnings about the shooter's threats and mental state, the sheriff said... Jake, I could only take responsibility for what I knew about. I exercise my, my due diligence. I've given amazing leadership to this agency. Amazing leadership? Uh, I've worked. Yes, Jake. Uh, this, this, there's a lot of things we've done throughout. This, uh, this is, uh, you, you don't uh, measure uh, a person's leadership by a deputy not going into a, these deputies received the training they needed. Maybe they you measure somebody's leadership by whether or not they protect the community. In- you don't measure someone's oh. leadership by whether or not their employees do a good job. That's he an went, interesting look on that. He went into detail, and we'll have the whole clip yeah. for you soon. We'll dig it up. But he went into detail on the premise that, listen, you train them, you give them their instructions, right. and if they don't do it, that's not on me. It was a bizarre anti-taking full responsibility. It was the opposite of leadership. This guy is a kook. And I told them what to do. If they didn't do it, that's not my fault. Now, I saw a story on Friday, but then it seemed like it kind of went away. That other deputies showed up and doing any, didn't do anything? Is that CNN, true or not true or what? CNN has been reporting that there have been reports three other deputies oh. did not go in. All yeah. right. Now, I'm going to report there were 40 deputies that didn't go in. Yeah. CNN, are you going to report that there are reports that 40 deputies yeah. didn't well, go in? I saw that in the New York Post uh, Friday that yeah. three other deputies showed up and also waited. Yeah, I didn't um, see that either until, was it the, the local? police showed up? Or? So I, I yeah. don't know if that's yeah. nailed down or not, but um, it's quite possible that this guy, since, since that answer is crazy, yes, nobody in a leadership position should ever give an answer like that. I've never heard anybody give an answer like that. Then you do, you actually do have to wonder if people showing up and not doing their job right. had something to do with the, the atmosphere there because of him, because that's a crazy way to respond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the reports have been going back and forth and back and forth. And the sheriff, when he was pressed, said, well, we only know for sure there was one deputy that did not go in. The investigation is continuing. You know, the, the way people generally handle these things, even if it's completely not your fault, 
you say, well, I'm the boss. The buck stops here. It's my job to make, you know, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, our training programs and our discipline were not what they should be. I would like to remain at the helm and straighten out these problems if it's the will of the voters, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. But don't hit us with, I told them what to do. If they didn't do it, that's not my fault. God, that's unbelievable. Yeah, you got to get rid of that guy. Just, oh. ba- just oh, based yeah. on what he said. Yeah, Even right. if everything else was fine. The kind of guy that says that, you don't want him in charge. Oh, if that's his view of leadership, that is automatically 100% disqualifying. Get him out. The California Democratic Party sending a message that major changes could be on the way. The delegates at the state convention in San Diego yesterday failed to endorse longtime Senator Dianne Feinstein for re-election. Only 37% of the delegates supported her. 54% cast votes for state Senator Kevin DeLeon. Analysts believe falling far short of that 60% needed to endorse her candidacy means the party is looking to back a candidate that is far more progressive than the 84-year-old Feinstein. So She'll a, be uh, 85 this summer. Yes. She, but a young 85. But I didn't... 85 I, is the new 78. I didn't hear much mention of her age. It was all about her policies. Well, right. And here's... Listen, here's uh, the Joe Getty analysis of this. Somewhere in uh, in probably, I don't know, South Central L.A., there's a three-legged chihuahua with, with emphysema. And that three-legged chihuahua is healthier than the Republican Party in California. Conservatism, reasonableness, common sense cannot defeat the Democrat Party in California. The only thing that can defeat the Democrats is themselves going so far to the Looney Tunes, it'll never work, utopian socialist left, that they implode. And that is exactly what's happening now. Between now and the implosion, there's going to be some craziness. Well, the- I mean, there's going to be some policies that have not been seen since, you know, the, the, the fall of the Soviet Union. Well, I'd also say that the state has changed since she was first elected, and she no longer does represent the majority of Californians. If you look at the way people vote, she's not a representative of the majority of Californians' views. She's way too far to the right. Yeah, she has one leg in realism. We can't have that. Winter Games wrapping up yesterday, but not before the Olympics. Team USA got curling gold, taking out Sweden 10-7. Yes! Take that, you Swedes! And the Russian team won the men's hockey gold Sunday. They beat Germany 4-3 in overtime for that victory. Now the Russians, as a punishment, are not allowed to win having their national anthem play. Oh, geez, that's really punishing. Yeah. Really they, punishing Putin. Yeah, they could only they could only uh, have the Olympic athletes from Russia theme, actually the Olympic theme, played. So, what did the guys do? They stepped right up and they started belting out the Russian national anthem on their own. This is the way it sounded. Kind of. <laughs> is that the way it sounded? Really good acoustics on that podium. And yeah. this is what Hockey players can really sing. Uh, Who's singing the soprano part? (laughs) All right, that's the goalie. (laughs) This brings us to positive Sean with his monetary totals for the Olympics final medal meltdown. Yeah, things really kind of uh, separated themselves on the Olympic metallurgic meltdown standings based on how much total value each country brings back. Of course, Norway finishing atop the standings with twelve thousand five hundred dollars in winnings, thirty-nine total medals. Second place is Germany, $11,000 in winnings with 31 total medals. Then we have uh, Canada in third place with just under $9,000, 29 total medals. The bronze medal and medals. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. We have uh, America, fourth place, no medals for fourth. $7,700 in winnings, 23 total medals. This is Trump's America. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Conscience of the nation. I think it's the conscience of the nation. I'm back to the two thus. I was I was talked out of what okay. my instincts are. My my gut told me. Okay, stick with the thus. <laughs> That's what your gut told you. That's right. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So we've got uh, shower thoughts as you mentioned, and uh, we got to get into the news of the day, which includes a whole bunch of different stuff. Actually, we have a guest in a couple of minutes, Maz Jabrani. He's an Iranian or Iranian, or is he a Persian? Depends who you ask. A comedian. He's done uh, various TV gigs. He's got a comedy special. He's a very funny guy. He's traveled with the, throughout the Middle East. And uh, so we're going to talk to him in a minute. And we'll uh, get some reports on where the White House seems to be on the latest attempts to curb school violence. It mostly has to do with guns. Stay tuned to all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've done shows all over the Middle East, man. I've done shows in Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, and Jordan. I've never done shows in Iran. Never done shows in Iran. Uh. I'm worried because I make fun of the leadership, so I don't want to show up at the airport. You know, there'll be some guy with a sign waiting for me, you know? Where have you been? We've been waiting for you. The show is start right now. Go ahead. Get this started. Who that? Ma- that's Maz Jabrani. He's a very funny comedian. He's uh, got a lot of credits. Um, uh, three Showtime stand-up comedy specials. He's got a book out called I'm Not a Terrorist, but I've played one on TV. Um, and he talks a lot about the Middle East. He's from Iran and uh, the rest of it. Well, he's not on the line quite yet. He's calling in like any second. Do we have him now? Beautiful. I'm getting the one finger. Here's a finger for you, Hanson. Huh? So How do you like that? So he's been to all those countries. I want to ask him, what would we be surprised about, those of us who've never been to those countries? Yeah, yeah. I have all sorts of questions. He's a funny guy. You may know him from, uh, he does voiceover work on... Uh, on Superior Donuts as well. There he is, ladies and gents, Maz Jabrani. Hey, Maz, how are you? Good, how are you guys doing? Good, we gave you a long, fawning introduction before you were on the line. You'll just have to trust us on that. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. I, 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 that's part of my uh, requirements whenever I'm on the radio. I need long, fawning introduction. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. well, we checked that off the list. So, listen, uh, you're a very funny guy. Uh, I've uh, checked out a bunch of your week, work over the weekend, and it's great, but you know, we're jealous of you and your travels around the Middle East because it's obviously such a big region in the news. Um, I've heard your stuff about Dubai. It's an incredible place to visit. Tell us about that. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's an interesting place. Uh, I, I went out to the Middle East the first time in 2007. At the time, we were doing a tour. It was called the Access of Evil Comedy Tour. <laughs> and um, it was me and a few other Middle Eastern comedians and we went out there, and it was interesting because when we first did our shows uh, and we ended up on Comedy Central out here, we had no idea that there was an actual uh, audience out there because, I, you know, even though I was born in Iran and um, 
I've grown up in America most of my life, actually in Northern California. So I was I was not under the impression that there was uh, fans out there. And and when we first got the call, actually we first got a call from some guys out of Jordan who said they want to bring us out to do shows. And we were on the phone talking to them, and we were like, yeah, bro, listen, you know, our shows are in English. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm speaking English to you right now, you idiot. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, you guys speak English. So that was the tour. We took it out. We went to Jordan. We went to Dubai. We went to Beirut, Kuwait, and Egypt. And every one of those countries was really amazing. Dubai is interesting in that it's been really uh, developed really fast. And so when you go there, you see a lot of tall buildings. Um, there's obviously a lot of welfare. There's also a lot of poverty. I mean, you see a lot of, like, these workers they bring in from Sri Lanka and Pakistan and uh, different parts, India and stuff like that, that are building these buildings. Um, and it's a really interesting place. It's very international. So I always advise people, I say, if you ever get a chance, go out there. Um, I would say Dubai is interesting. I would say check out Oman, which is this uh, country that's uh, it's more of a, laid back in many ways. It's a smaller place. Um, and then the other place I love is Lebanon, Beirut. Lebanon is amazing because it's the people of Lebanon, um, the food, the um, just the, the, the history they've had. I mean, the history has been pretty volatile, as, as a lot of people know. But... Uh, but the people somehow make it work and yeah. celebrate life. Volatile, uh, yeah. When you said laid back, I don't, I don't picture you know the phrase laid back with the Middle East at all anywhere. So traveling well, around, Oman, Oman is a country. Oman, if you go, if you look up Oman, it's been pretty. You know, the Gulf countries. There's, there's, there's uh, United Arab, Arab Emirates, which is where Dubai is. There's uh, Qatar, which is Doha, and then, like I said, Oman is laid back in that. You know, it's more of, uh, again, the few times I've been there, it's, it's right there on the sea. Uh, they've got all these resort towns. It's, a sm- it's just a smaller place. I'll tell you, it's kind of a place where, for example, when you go through immigration, it felt like, you know how, I don't know how you guys feel, but usually when I go through immigration, I feel like the guy's scrutinizing me, and any minute he might say, like, you, go stand there. Right. You know, um, but, but Oman, it was kind of like, it felt like they had a smile on their faces, and they were like, welcome, come on in. Would it feel that way as, as a, an obviously white guy like myself? I've never been to the Middle East. I'd love to travel around the Middle East. Could I pull that off as a, as a just a you know standing out white guy? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, there's so many white people there. It's a, a lot of expats. You know, a lot of Europeans go. For example, a lot of Brits go uh, to to those parts of the world because that's kind of their you know uh, Mexico in, in in terms of how we go, like for resort towns. Interesting. Yeah, they go there all the I mean, Well, know, and I know Lebanon used to be that. I mean, it was like the south of France of the Middle East, just a beautiful cosmopolitan country before, you know, all the violence started a couple decades ago. Do they drink yeah, at these comedy Lebanon, clubs? What's that? Do they drink at the comedy clubs you go to? Oh, absolutely. First of all, you know, the, the, the shows, depending on what country, uh, for example, a place like, let's say, uh, in, in Dubai, um, when you do shows, it's usually like they get a, They'll get a, uh, a a ballroom at a hotel, and you do it in that ballroom. Um, some of the other ones, there's a few places that have clubs. Some of the other ones, it's like theaters. But absolutely, there's drinking allowed. Um, and uh, and like I said, it's such these places are so international that on any given night, you're going to run into people from all over the world, and some will drink and some won't. And and 
but usually when they come to a comedy show, most of them are either um, Western educated or they speak English well and they know what they're in for with the comedy um, and, and, they, and they come and have a good time. And Lebanon, actually, I don't know how it's been. The last time I was there, because of the war in Syria, it felt like there was a lot of Syrian refugees, a lot of, uh, obviously, Iraqi refugees from the Iraq war. So it felt like it was getting to the point where the Beirut, where the population was just, it, I, don't, I didn't know how much longer they could sustain it. But, but there's been a lot of development there in, all, in the past years. Um, there's still a lot of, uh, like I said, great restaurants, great nightlife. I, I was in Lebanon. We went to, you know, they had us do a show. The, it was for a fundraiser. This lady was organizing a fundraiser for um, uh, this charity in Lebanon. And then afterwards, it was like on a Monday night or something. They're like, let's go, let's go get some drinks at a bar. So we went. We're looking, and we couldn't find any bars that were open. And the one bar we found was a gay bar. And we're in a gay bar in Beirut. You know what, uh, Maz? I hate the, God, I hate to jump in on every level here. But we're, we're coming up on a hard break in just under a minute. And I want to tell people that uh, your character has a big role in Superior Donuts tonight, CBS at 9 o'clock. Uh, very funny stuff. Listen, you're a hell of an interesting guy. Let's talk again sometime soon. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and apologies for the uh, the quick hook there. But, you know, the clock is merciless. No but it's, Sorry. It, it's great to talk Sorry, to you. Lambert. The key for Sorry. our gay listeners yeah, is that there is a gay bar in uh, Lebanon. And Maz wants to meet you there. So, Maz Gibrani, great there to talk go. to you. Thanks, man. Which is good to know as you're traveling around the world. He's also a very, very funny guy and an interesting guy. I wish we could have talked to him more, but So, earthquake in politics nationally, I think, if uh, DiFi is too conservative for Democrats. Now, we're going to talk about that more coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.